<laughs> you can't beat the classics. All right, everyone. Welcome to episode two of You Can't Beat the Classics podcast. So, a couple weeks ago, we followed you up with the very first episode of the podcast. Week two, episode two. I've got Ray Charles himself, Sam. (laughs) And joining us is uh to talk about this particular film is our very good friend ken hello ken what's up everyone how is everybody all right i think sam is okay (laughs) i'm just enjoying watching this this is a good time (laughs) everything's all good uh no pun intended for the name of this movie uh (laughs) But yeah, today, so we're going to be talking about going in a little bit of a different direction from the la- from the first movie we discussed. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the 1990 classic, the Bob classic might, might be perhaps, Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, this is definitely up there with like, like the... The say the slogan of this podcast, you can't beat the classics. Like Goodfellas is like the a a perfect movie to fall into that for me. Now I want to ask both of you guys: Do either of you remember the first? I Sam, I think I I know your answer to this, Sam. But do you either of you remember the first time you saw Goodfellas? A month ago. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A month ago. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was a kid. I was definitely a kid. I was like uh, early teens, uh, just just right before high school. So I started like getting into like uh, you know more adult films, more like classic films, things that were more mature. Uh, and I just uh, found Goodfellas. I mean, I grew up in a very Italian household, so it was yep. kind of one of those things that it was a rite of passage, really. So, uh, yeah, fell in love with it, and uh, the older I get, the more more meaning it takes on. Yeah, I I swear, I must have seen it when it was on AMC one night, you know, I I was in in my late teens, I probably saw it, but I I jumped right in the middle of it, I think. Um, But I think the first thing, the first part I saw was when, like, Karen had the gun on Henry. Oh, yeah. That was the first thing I remember. Is he's just hysterical after that, and I'm like, "What is this? <laughs> can, can you blame him? <laughs> no, no, but but yeah, I, I think that was the first time I saw, I followed the movie, and then after fi- I finished, I ended up finishing it that night, and I said, "I gotta finish the, I gotta watch the rest of this." And sure enough, I was very impressed with it. But Sam has only seen the movie very recently, surprisingly. Yeah, uh, no, I watched it for the first time a month ago, and it's been on my list because, uh, you know, I'm a cinephile some days, and there's just, I'm all over the place. So this one has always went over my radar. I don't know, under my radar, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, so finally, a, like a month ago, I watched it, and I absolutely understand the hype. I thought it was done really well. I mean, it's Scorsese. 
Yeah. I mean, again, the guy's so consistent with his films. You have like an all-star cast of like, you know, De Niro, yeah, Pesci, Ray Liotta, a whole bunch of people, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I can't think of anything bad about this movie. Um, if I was to rate it off the bat, I mean, it might even be a perfect ten. Yeah, I definitely have questions watching it but no like big gripes you know it's it's a film i like very much enjoy watching um one thing i like to do before we start diving into the movie is let's actually watch the trailer for the movie interesting which i've never seen before so like let's see what they share and let's let's kind of go back to like what film what film trailers were like you know back in the 90s let's take a look Never ride on your friends, and always keep your mouth shut. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> hey, Mom, what do you think? You look like a gangster. I know I. By the time I grew up, there was thirty billion a year in cargo moving through Idlewild Airport. Believe me, we tried to steal every bit of it. What do you do? I'm in construction. He's not Jewish. Mazel tov. <laughs> For most of the guys, killings got to be accepted. Hey, Henry. His arm. Very funny, guys. Here's a leg. Here's a wing. <laughs> what do you like, the leg or the wing? Yes. I love the For soundtrack. us to live any other way oh, yeah. was nuts. <laughs> and we were treated like movie stars with muscle. We had it all just for the asking. It's going to be a good summer. <laughs> it was a glorious time. In a world that's powered by violence, on the streets where the violent have power, a new generation carries on an old tradition. That's a good trailer. Oh, yeah. Doesn't really share a lot plot-wise. And that might be something I kind of miss about trailers these days. Um, yeah, that was solid. Um, did you guys know, actually, surprisingly, that this movie, when it had its test screenings, did not do very well? I did not. I'm kind of surprised to hear that. Yeah, this they actually. I remember they were. They, I think Scorsese was surprised by it, by it, by it himself. That you know this film was actually not received very well from the start. Wow. But then this, somehow it ended up just it ended up just blowing up. That happens to some of the best movies out there. I mean, Citizen Kane's one known for you know bombing at the box office, and then it's considered like the greatest film of all time. You know, so I can kind of see it with a movie like this. Especially, like, I mean, this is 1990, so at yeah. this point in time, you probably have got, what, the first Godfather's obviously out, and the second one's out. Um, again, two of the quintessential mob mafia films, Yeah, probably up until that point. And three, three was about to come out soon, I believe. Right. Yeah. And you had, uh, till, till Goodfellas, uh... Mob slash mafia movies had a very different different light on them. They 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 were 
they were portrayed very different. This one was a lot grittier than, you know, works of the past. Even when you look at stuff like The Godfather, you yeah. know, that's more, it's much more of a dramatic film. Um, this one is much darker in, in terms of taking a, uh, a real look into mm. a true story. You know, an overall true story. I mean, all of this movie was based on real events. Yeah. And obviously, things are going to be dramatized a bit. But, I, I mean, largely speaking, the events and kind of the, uh, the lifestyle of that time, of that era, you know, from the 60s, you know, moving up, um, it was portrayed much more accurately, but also in a much darker, grittier way than than the genre had in the past and that that might be a part of that too where you know people are expecting oh we're going to get another mob movie but th this one was very different yeah they were romanticized for a period of time in a bit a bit absolutely especially the older ones uh you know you take even the godfather i, I would say less romanticized than some mm -hmm. other ones of its you know of the past you know you're, you're, you're the 40s 50s uh but this this was, you know, right out the gate, very violent. It was a much more violent and aggressive uh, of, of a movie. Yeah, and I, I think part of that is the fact that this is like, like this is like this is this movie might as well be a biography about about Henry Hill, who was you know a real person that was that was really in the mob and all that, and you know most of the events of this film were are like broadly true. Like the, I know the whole Billy, the whole Billy Bats thing. You know, you saw that happen like almost exactly the way it actually happened in the film, and um, and then another thing too, like the Latanza heist was an actual thing that happened, right. and all right. that. And you know, that's actually still on an ongoing investigation, even all these years later. Right, right. It's crazy. Right. It, it, um, this was the first time the 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 mafia and as a whole and, and that lifestyle was not was not portrayed in a way to be honored or celebrated yeah you know you know it, this was showing a real dark side of it you know the and how you know how some of those people really were mm -hmm. you know some of them include you know you know looking at you know Pesci's character is you know, a madman, an absolute madman. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, we see the movie start out with them, you know, f pretty much finishing off Billy Bats. But, I mean, but I mean that happens later in the film. So, I mean, we'll get to that a little later. But So, I, I would say the movie starts out more with uh, Henry's childhood, which actually... Scorsese used a lot of his of his own childhood experiences for this for this part of the movie. Yeah. I think we had this discussion where between Scorsese and Joe Pesci, who grew up kind of grew up around, you know, I, I believe they're both from what, the New York, New Jersey area. They saw some of that, dealt with some yeah. of that growing up, you know. So um, bringing that realism into the fa I don't want to say fantasy world, but into a film. Right, pretty much like, yeah. Yeah. They, they portrayed something they they knew how to portray the characters in a real way you know not just the characters in terms of the movie but also 
the real people, you know, whom they were based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, most of the last names are changed, but, you know, by and large, the characters portrayed in the film were very close to the characters in real life, the people in real life. You know, and, and, and you brought up his childhood. I, I thought that was a very interesting piece um, because one of the things that he was, tr- I think he was trying to show was how people were recruited, you know, yeah. especially from the bottom tier, you know, like kind of like the, you know, the, the guys that just did, you know, did the jobs for the higher ups, the, the guys calling the shots, Yeah, you know, kids on the street who weren't doing well in school, had a broken home, had nowhere to fit in. Hey, you can fit in with us. Here's uh, here's these easy jobs. You don't really have to do much to do, and we're gonna pay you a ton to do it. We're gonna give you suits to wear. Here's don't the worry job about the it. We'll take then. care of you. Right. We're gonna take exactly. Yeah. We're gonna take care of you. And then over time, oh, we're gonna take care of you. Well, now we we're gonna need you to go steal some yeah. cigarettes. We're gonna need you to go blow up a car. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's the innocence. Throughout the throughout this part, one thing I was wondering is, I'm like, all right. You mentioned the part about like you know maybe being from a broken home and like maybe turning to these guys as like an escape, you know. But most of the time I was watching this part of the film, I was wondering, is it where his parents know that, like his parents care, but they can't. They know they can't do anything about it, or is it that, or is it that they don't care? Well, you're looking was, at the early 1900s. Early 1900s, yeah. parenting was very different. You know, yeah. it was, it was yeah. very much a, a my way, the highway type of attitude, and especially in a lot of Italian families. I mean, they showed, you know, kind of, you know, again, his his mother was Italian, his father wasn't. But in those kind of older families, like hitting your kids was a was commonplace. You know, yeah. you went all yeah. in school, you get hit with a belt, you get whacked whacked upside yeah. the head. That was normal. That was commonplace. Mm-hmm. You know, so. He and he came out and later and said that hey, like you know, I, I as a kid, I I today would be diagnosed with things like dyslexia and, and, and attention deficit disorder and mm. ADHD. And um, you know, back in those days those weren't things you were you were treated for. You were yeah. you were just you were either a kid that did what he was told or you were fuck up. And this kid, you know, you know, had you know, no support with that. So he and he was just reinforced by getting, you know, punished and hit and abused at home. Mm-hmm. And no, again, no one's accepting him. No one's understanding. Him. No one's like letting him fit in until these guys come along and say, hey, do this. Here's some money. You know, yeah. it, it was it was interesting how, his, how Scorsese showed that. Yeah, because his parents are not mentioned again throughout the movie. Right. You know, so I, I think it was, it might have just, it might have, it might be more of a thing where he just like, you know, his, he just didn't felt like, he just didn't feel at home. So, you know, it was more of a reason to turn, you know, to the term to this type of lifestyle. Right. You know, another thing I actually didn't notice during this part was that, um, right, right from the beginning, you, I was wondering, all right, who from other mob movies or shows is like probably in this movie? And you see Paulie from The Sopranos yeah. right from the start of this movie. Yeah. I said, oh, I didn't even know he was there. He looks so different. <laughs> well, that often happens. You get a lot of the same people in, in different 
different shows and flicks. Yeah. And I was I was surprised when I looked for them. I was like I was able to find quite a few. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we and then we see well, then we see Henry, you know, grow up, you know, so many years later. Now, this part at the airport where they steal the truck is actually a part where I have a question um, mm-hmm. for the movie. That guy that they steal the truck from, I was like, did the guy at the airport know that they were going to steal it? Cause, cause like he, cause like he goes back into the the diner and like he uses the the N word and I'm like, wait, why would he use that for them? Right, right, right. And so like, and he he kind of gives him that head nod before he walks into the diner. Right, yeah. So I'm wondering, I'm like, was he in on it and was he just pretending like he didn't know? Probably. Like just to like, cover his ass. To my understanding, he was in on it. Yeah, but now that you bring it up, it is kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I thought he—they just stole it just because they could, you know. But now I'm wondering. I think the truck driver was in on it. But then, um, and then you're introduced to them throughout that restaurant. You meet like so many different people. Yeah. I think. <laughs> and then. They're pretty much going over like the beginning of what is going to end up being the Latanza heist, and I, I mentioned this in the last podcast where I was like, you know, you, like you ever have like those actors or actresses like you know from like other things, and like no matter who they're playing, they're just that person. I was like, isn't this the guy from Dumb and Dumber? Oh my god, is it? Yeah, the one that's the one that's popping like the the thing yeah, for, yeah, for his yeah, ulcer. Yeah. yeah, that's him. Get out of here. <laughs> I just I don't know his name, but yeah, that's him. That's my old son. (laughs) My bills. And then and then he ends up meeting Karen. Um, Like Joe Pesci's like trying to get him to go out with him. Uh, He's with a girl that's prejudiced against Italians. but he ends up going out with Karen a few times, and they end up liking each other and all that. Um, He's Jewish. Uh, only, uh, just, just a good half. There's one part in this. There's one part. Where you, yeah, there's one part with Karen. You don't see it a lot in movies anymore. Um, was like that steady cam shot. Oh yeah. When yeah. they're going to the, where they're walking to their table, that shot actually it took eight times for them to nail that. That was a good scene. It's, it's, a, it's an iconic scene. Yeah, that's not something you really see movies do anymore. That's fair, yeah. I thought it was deep. Yeah. But, like, and Karen's, Karen's going over, like, how, what, he, what she likes about Henry and everything like that. Henry's supposed to be 21? Uh, like I, Ray Liotta does not look twenty-one, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, you gotta think though. He's gonna play this character from the early twenties to what? We're talking what late thirties at least? Yeah, late thirties, early forties at least. You know, because he, you know, the stint in jail too. That's a whole, you know, well, that's its own sequence in the film. Like that's still five years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, it's fair. He definitely doesn't look twenty-one. Then again, how many uh, 
how many movies are out there where it's all about high school kids and they're like people in their 30s playing high schoolers. Looking at you, Tobey <laughs> Maguire. Or even even when they even when they introduce Robert De Niro's character, Jimmy Conway, when you, when they introduce him in the movie, he's supposed to be like twenty nine. That looks twenty nine. Oh, That's what twenty nine year old looks like. Yeah, I could be De Niro, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you pull him off, man. You look just like him. Just like yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. Um. All right. Maury's wigs. This is where I call. This is where I call some BS from his from this commercial. It says Maury Maury's wigs. They don't come off underwater, but you never see Maury's wig like wet in the commercial. <laughs> I'm like Maury. You're trying to play everybody. I think this would be a moment where Scorsese would look at you and say, you know what? You got me. You got me. <laughs> um, you know, more, I got confused with Maury because like Maury and like Jimmy are going back and forth throughout the entire movie. And I'm like, all right, who owes who money? Mm. Like... That part you see, like, oh, Jimmy's like, give me the fucking money. You understand? Give me the money. <laughs> but then later on in the movie, Maury was like, Jimmy, I need my money. I need my money. <laughs> well, that was later from... Uh, that was because of the heist. heist right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's because the heist, they, they got more than they initially thought they were going to get. Yeah. By, like, six times as much. And everybody thought that they were going to split that evenly. Mm-hmm. Jimmy did not want to split that evenly. They had, they were, he was like, no, 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 we're, I'm, this was your cut. But the, everyone was like, well, that's six million. And the more people that were trying to get their even share of the money, mm. the more Jimmy pushed back, a.k.a. Uh, killed everybody the more jimmy got upset <laughs> and paranoid and all that stuff yeah yeah oh yeah oh my god yeah uh some yeah that, some of the best scenes i think in that movie is joe pesci just losing his fucking mind <laughs> oh absolutely but that's the crazy thing is that's apparently how he really was in real life yeah. was that nuts <laughs> I mean, when you're dealing with people like that and that kind of money and that kind of criminal underground world, yeah, somebody's got to be like that. If not, you're going to get shot. There's always yeah, one. There's always I, one. I totally see him like that in real life. Maybe not like that, like super crazy like that. But yeah, I, I could. But it's hard not to see now. From everything I've seen and read, the most accurate portrayal in that movie was Joe Pesci. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> like that's I, I, that's that's nuts. Literally. Or I could thing see it would be Joe Pesci too, Sam. Sam, can you, you do your, do, Sam, can you can you do your best Joe Pesci? No, I, I don't have that nasally voice like he does. 
<laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to work on it, and then I'll get back to you. And then Actually, I'll be- you know what? How could I miss the funny guy scene? Oh, yeah. That actually, that actually really happened to Joe yeah. Pesci. Really? Yeah, that really happened to him. So, like, I think they, fu- they found a way to fit that into the movie, you know, really, really well. That's already one of the best scenes of the movie. Mm. Um, just such a... <laughs> just such an Sam, describe watching that part for the first time, since you're the most recent. Especially um, since I'm sure you were, you've heard that quoted a million times in your <laughs> lifetime before actually seeing it. I'm going to tell you what I saw. You know what I saw? I saw Ken. Because for the time I've known Ken, you know how many times he's done similar things to me? Like that. You just have to funny guy. be like, oh, yeah, I'm not fucking laughing. I'm not fucking laughing right now. I'm like. <laughs> but it was, it was like verbatim. I'm like, okay, I see where this comes from. I see exactly where this comes from. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that part because there's such an there's such an uneasiness that's brought to it so quickly, mm. and then it and then just as quickly it goes away. <laughs> mm. So like as a first time watcher of that movie, like it's one of those it's one of those things where like if I'm watching it with somebody who's seeing the movie for the first time, like I'm watching that person. Yeah, I yeah. want to see how they react to it. So now, now we're getting into ha- uh, Henry and, and Karen, uh, like starting to get to know each other better, and you know they're going on vacation together. All this stuff. They, she runs into the guy that lives across the street from them, and then later on they get into an altercation where she's very upset, and uh, everybody's a tough guy until somebody takes the gun out. <laughs> Henry takes the gun out on him and beats the crap out of him. I was wondering, I was like, wait, Karen's like, oh, he pushed me out of the car. I'm like, did you ride with him? Mm. They don't really explain. <laughs> they don't really explain that. Mm. <laughs> He's just kind of upset. Is that the scene where she's seeing that other guy and he goes to his house? Am I, th- am I thinking way back? No. It's the guy that they meet on the boat. Um, they meet him and, you know, they think everything's fine and all that. But then, so then Henry and Jimmy are beating up Maury after the wig commercial. So then Henry runs out and finds Karen at that telephone booth. And she's, like, very, very upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, yeah, that guy in that boat, and then he gives her a ride or something like that, and then they go to his house and break his fucking nose. Yeah, he must have have given her a ride because they live across the street from one another. You know, he tried to pull a move on her, and she wasn't having it. So she must have gotten pushed out of the car. Probably as they were going home, I'm I'm guessing. But then that's when you learn, all right, don't mess with Ray Liotta. That was the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then then we see see them end up getting married. 
and you know the whole time I'm watching the wedding, I'm like, this is overwhelming, and it's not even my wedding. Mm. <laughs> so many, so many people. Like. You can imagine the amount of people they know and money they have. Yeah, in a situation like that, yeah. Yeah, I just, I remember there was a, I think there's one point in that where I think Karen's looking at the checks, a couple of the, or some of the money that they're getting. Yeah. And I think she was just like, what it, like, it's just, hey, you know, just your family friend, you know, family friend or something like that, or their family, you know. Just don't question it, take it, smile yeah. and not. Or, and then, and then, like, she's, like, she's, like, worried about the bag going missing. And then Henry's, like, nah, don't worry about it. I was, like, that's the kind of life that these two have. Don't have to worry about money, any of that. Right, it's a deal with the devil, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so now Karen's, like, starting to meet a lot of the family you know he meets she meets a lot of the other women that are part of the family and i don't know if you guys seen the movie cape fear um but i was like the the one at the the girl that's like sitting with karen at like that hostess party i'm like that's the girl from cape fear dude you got another one it's another one <laughs> I'm like you'd be you really how many when you actually like seek out when you seek out people from other movies you're like oh there's I know that guy I know that girl and I was like oh yeah this is the girl that got a a piece of her face bitten off in Cape Fear <laughs> that's a brutal movie <laughs> but all those yeah, all those women I was like. She's talking, like, Karen's, like, talking about, like, I don't even know how I'm going to fit in here. Like, these women, these women are nothing like me. Yeah. Imagine that would be in tough. She, she, she had a rough go of it. Right from the start. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough adjustment for her, I'm sure. But now, the crew... Um, meets Billy Bats. Mm. This is another big, this is a, I think, I would say this is like the turning point of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, when they, when they meet Billy Bats. Um, you know, one thing I was wondering is, I was like, you guys, I mean, even all the ball busting and all that and the jokes and like being fresh or whatever and all that aside, I'm like, you know the consequences of killing a made guy. So, why do it? It's a good question. Yeah. I mean, like you, just, you think you don't won't get caught? It's like... Some people get too comfortable or paranoid. Maybe both. Right. But Tommy, Tommy's also a hothead. Right. Yeah. There's arguably more to the story. I mean, Henry Hill's account is a. There's more details to it. Yeah. Um, but either way, it happened. He did it. He lost his temper, and between him and Jimmy, they, yeah, they. They thought that they were above it. They thought they can get past it. I mean, that's the thing. They. They were kind of. 
they've been kind of shooting loose for a while with a lot of other things. So, I mean, you know, you get this sense that you're untouchable or just don't care, you know, especially Tommy, like, just didn't really care yeah. who you were if you crossed him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely the mentality that he had. But like, yeah, being such a hothead too, I was like, you know, mentioning the shine box and all that, uh, and I was like, yeah, this guy's got what's coming to him, <laughs> even if he is a made guy. Right, but I mean, that's kind of—I mean, that was the thing. Like, if you're, if you were made, then I mean, that was kind of immunity. That was immunity. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think part of it, too, I mean, the, the, the story goes is that while, um, while, while Bats was in prison, Tommy was taking care of some of his other works, like bookkeeping and stuff. Mm. And he came out of, he was out of prison. He wanted to do that again. He wanted his job back. And... I think there was some kind of, potentially at least, some kind of uh, ulterior motive there, too. Whether it was planned or not, I don't know. But, I mean, there it, it was definitely some something else there that could have could have sparked that. But yeah. And, you're, you're made your you're, you're immune. So. One of the things I was wondering was this, is, like, when they're beating up Billy Bats and, like, you see Tommy put the gun in his mouth. Um, I'm kind of like, what happens there? I'm like, the gun definitely doesn't go off because you later see, you see that Billy's still alive, like later on, like he's still alive in the trunk. Right. right. So like they don't show it on screen because you, but you see the gun go across the floor with all the bullets, and I'm like, but you heat, but you kind of almost hear like a gun go off. Mm. So I'm like. What happened there? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they ever actually yeah. shot him. No, only when only when he was in the trunk. Right, right. That's it. <laughs> they're, they're probably yeah, you know, and and the thing is, is that the whole point, you know, you know, Jimmy was the one to kind of be like, we kind of we were hiding his body. You know, the plan yeah. was to hide him so that nobody would find out about it. Because they knew what they did. Yeah. You know, that was the other thing. They knew what they did. So, you know. And that's the thing. Because even in the movie, Jimmy was kind of casual about this whole thing. You know, it was kind of sparked in the movie as, you know, just kind of Tommy lost his temper. And Jimmy was a little more casual about this one. Yeah, you know? he was. He was kind of like, hey, hey, Billy. I mean, you insult him. You insulted him like quite a bit. So, uh, right. I can't really control what happens next. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather than, he's, he's usually the voice of reason, like, Tommy, you can't do that. You know, kind of holding him back. Yeah. And this time he wasn't. He was in on it. <laughs> like, Tommy's like, oh, I didn't want to get blood on your floor. You, <laughs> def you definitely got blood on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because they didn't want evidence. Well, like, would you believe, like, this is one of the times, like, somebody dies in the movie. Would you believe, it's, Goodfellas is, like, it gets, like, that reputation of being a violent movie. 
there's actually only five like murders, like deaths in the movie. Well, actual murders that you see actually happen. Yeah, if you if yeah. you count the Latanza stuff, because that happens off screen. Right. Uh, that's it. Would be it would be more like like ten. But still, that's actually a low body count. Right. I yeah. I think yeah. I mean for. I think it's the manner in which. You see people die. I mean, we're not talking about you know some kind of John Wick thing where it's it's all you know choreographed. It's, right. It's, yeah. it's it's it's. It's gratuitous violence. This is very gritty, dark. Yeah. Ugh. Like you, you're it. It hits you. Every single one of them is is brutal. It's gruesome because there's a lot of like. Uh, there's a lot of darkness surrounding each, each and every one of those deaths. Even even, and that's the thing. We we started by watching the trailer, which had Layla in it, and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime I hear that song, and it's such a wonderful song, I yeah. love that song. But every time I hear that song, what happens is is that scene comes in my head, and I just start seeing all the dead bodies, yeah. and I'm like, Ugh. Yep. it just gives me chills. <laughs> because even then, you didn't see see any of them die, but you you kind of you're 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 very uncomfortable. I think I think the song for me it actually <laughs> in like a like really weird way it like helps me like visualize like how like like the deaths actually happening. Mm. In a like sick like weird way. <laughs> but but yeah, whenever I hear that song it's the exact same thing for me. So it's just such an interesting choice for that scene. Was was that song? Just I mean, because yeah. the song is essentially a love song. It, it's it's an ode to someone's love, you know. And it's visually in this movie a scene showing really gruesome death. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Ugh. I think that's what part leads to a lot of like the the uneasiness for me because the the, the tone of the song it does not match up with what you're seeing, so it just makes it feel dark. I know that even before like I know Scorsese had the soundtrack of this movie already in his head, like before they even started it. I think. Interesting. Yeah, like he already knew, and he's like he's like no, the, these are the songs like I want to hear in this movie. Mm. And like, what fitting choices there were. Not even, not even just Layla, but like, even some more ones. Like, like Cream was a good choice mm-hmm. for that one part. I think they threw the Rolling Stones in there at one point. Name a Scorsese movie that doesn't have the Rolling Stones. Very true. I mean, he did a <laughs> Rolling Stones live concert movie. Oh, he did. I didn't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wow, Actually, I think I think I'm pretty sure Gimme Shelter like starts playing like as like right when the cocaine like start pops up. Mm. <laughs> um, one thing I want to ask you guys really quick is like, where do you think Henry's 
downfall begins. Oof. I think it's right when he's like starting to like go out with these different girls behind Karen's back. His his downfall. Yeah, I would say either it's it's that like when he's starting to go out with when he's starting to have like these side chicks, or it's when he's starting to get into like like selling like like narcotics. I think that's when things spiral. Is yeah. when. He starts getting into drugs because that was also a big no-no. I mean, that's yep. Uh, I mean, that's exactly why um, you know we had to hide it from Paulie. Mm-hmm. And you know, and one of the reasons why at the end of the movie, like he, you know, he became an informant is he knew that because that was all exposed, um, Paulie wasn't going to have it. He he was gonna, he was going to kill him just for that alone. Mm-hmm. And aside from that. Jimmy had it out for him, you know, so he, he knew that, but it's, that's when things started to spiral, but I mean, he, his downfall, I mean, again, as a character, or when he just had no fucking shot, you know, once, once, um, once he had the club where, where Bats was killed, mm. that, I mean, once he had that, that that would that was there was no leaving because that that immediately became a hangout spot, which that was it. You know, the moment he became a witness to Bat's murder, done, done. Yeah, you're in. Yeah. You're in it. You can't get out. He's yep. done. You know that that and I agree with what you said before. That was a very pivotal moment for a lot of reasons. You know. One being um, Henry's kind of like witness to a murder, and that's it. Like he can't get out of this life. There's there's no chance for this anymore now. Mm-hmm. He's in. Um, obviously, you know, for Tommy, it's kind of sealed his fate. You know. So yeah, I think there's a couple ways to look at it. I think I would probably argue. I mean. Is it Bats? I'm thinking of where they got a little sloppy. I feel like they might have... Uh, they probably got a little sloppy with that. But then I think when the heist happens, because now you're in, now you're involving... And there's a couple things that happened with the heist that I vaguely remember, where a couple they told a couple of the guys to do a couple of things, and they got carried... Oh, the, clo- you know, the guy shows up with his wife in the big fur coat, you know, already, yeah. spending, already spending the money. And then immediately it's like, well, we got to just fucking kill everybody who was involved with this. Samuel L. Jackson included, by the way. You know what's interesting about that is, like, um, kind of going ahead a little bit, but, like, yeah, when Jimmy, when Jimmy's, like, starting to get paranoid after the heist and everything like that, and, you know, he's worried about um, getting pinched and, like, somebody doing, somebody that was in on the heist doing the wrong thing, like, you know, buying, like, buying something he's not, they're not supposed to, you know, making a really big purchase, um, I thought most of the time I was most of the times I was watching this movie I was like oh damn I was like Jimmy really is a sick person you know he's killing off all these people that he was around you know just because you know just because he's worried about himself um, but during the movie you find out Henry is the one that gave him the tip to do that 
to do the heist or to to off everybody? To off everybody after the heist. Mm. Henry's the one that kind of pointed him in that direction. So, I mean, maybe, maybe it was because Henry was worried, maybe in a way himself. You know, so it was like, okay, maybe I do. I point Jimmy in this direction, and it kind of gets him off my back a little bit. Probably. That might have something to do with it, too. But yeah, that was a wild thing, you know, just having having everybody picked off like that. Um. Is another person that I thought yeah, you very easily recognize from the mob films, <laughs> Spider. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wait, was he in something else? Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say, are we gonna add another one to the list? Yeah. He's in the yeah, Sopranos. Sopranos. Wait, is he? Oh yeah. Yeah, he's one of the main characters of the Sopranos. I gotta. Well, I haven't watched Sopranos in ages. <laughs> But yeah, he's playing a totally different character in this. He, he got a more serious part in The Sopranos. But like, like, Tommy shoots him in the foot. Like, ah, oh, he got shot in the foot. Big deal. I wouldn't. I wouldn't see it as a big deal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Another um, event that actually happened. Yeah, and like you know when they cut when they cut back to Spider with the bandage on his foot and all that. And he like tells Tommy to he tells Tommy to go fuck himself. I'm like, all right, Spider. I don't think you should have said that to the crazy man that just shot you in the foot. Right, right. But but yeah, he, he kind of learns the hard way. All right, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I don't think he learned. Yeah, because he uh, died. Because he's dead. <laughs> um, he's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's another crazy one. I mean, that's 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 the moment. I mean, Henry Hill describes that one as the moment he learned how truly psychotic Tommy was. That one haunts him. Well, haunted. He is now. He is now gone as well. Yeah. You know, Henry has this mindset throughout the movie that he's just like totally. And he's trying. And he's trying to tell Karen this too. Like he's just invincible. Mm. Like, but he's really not. Like Karen knows exactly what he's doing. Mm. You know, Karen knows that he's seeing these other women and all that, and and she <laughs> she has every right to go crazy over it, which she which she certainly does. And I'm sure there's a lot. I mean, again, I mean the. A movie can only show so much. I mean, you can only imagine what that household was like day in, day out, too, to to make her snap like that. You know, I mean, especially with, you know, with with drugs around constantly. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, Yeah, she was doing some good detective work there. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, yeah, eventually, Paulie and Jimmy are like, "Nah, you gotta stop this. Mm. Like, you gotta like take a break, but then you gotta go back home, like, because otherwise, she's just gonna keep doing. She's just gonna keep doing this. Um, this is where Henry ends up in jail, though. Yeah. 
And um, this is another big question I had for the movie. I was like, there's no way jail is like this for the wise guys, is it? But it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Or it was, I should say. Maybe not yeah, as much before, but it, it was. was. Yeah. And I was like, really? Yeah. But, like, yeah, you read into it a little bit more. And, like, you know, I think they had a lot more control back then, back in the 70s and all that. But, yeah, it was just simply just, like, bribing somebody. And, like, these guys had their own part of the prison that nobody else was in. Yeah. I'm sure they took some kind of liberties in the movie. But, yeah, by and large, I mean, yeah. Pretty accurate. Yeah, I was like, that was just crazy to me. You know, they, they, they had all, I mean, they controlled the judges, they controlled the airports, they controlled the politicians. It only made sense that they controlled the prisons. Yeah, this, this is wild to me that that's yeah. what it was. Um, now he's gotten out of jail, and, you know, this is where he starts really diving into, like, like the drug stuff. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, I was like, these drugs, it might mean money. But I think this I think this is definitely worse than when you were cheating. Because this is just this is starting to mess up your mind. I mean it's just yeah, it's just he's continually spiraling. You know, uh, I mean to to be You know, selling drugs, which he knew was a huge problem. If anyone, especially you know, you know, especially Paulie, found out, it was a huge problem. Yeah. Still, anyway. So yeah, I think that continues to speak to this kind of mentality of feeling invincible. But, but the thing is, is that he not only was he not invincible, he really wasn't. You know, he really didn't have much power in that world. Overall, he really, he was constantly skating by and barely surviving by the skin of his teeth. Mm -hmm. You know, he had no power, really. You know, he was just, he was involved. He was there. It's not like he was a nobody, but he, he certainly wasn't a guy calling shots. You know, but acted like he was invincible. He tried to almost, in a way, kind of fake it till he made it. You know, he and he continued to spiral. Yeah, I mean, he, he should have listened to Paulie right when he right when he caught him right then and there. Yeah, yeah, probably. But then you, but then you hear the Rolling Stones start playing, and you see the <laughs> cocaine, and you see the cocaine, and you realize, yeah, he was never gonna listen. Interesting thing about a Scorsese movie. Anytime you hear the Stones playing, it's important. You need to be watching. Yeah. <laughs> you got me wondering. You continue. I, I need a. <laughs> I, I want to look at something while you uh, while we continue. And in, in, this is in regards to what uh, Ken just said. <laughs> it's gonna have something to do with Scorsese and the Stones, and I'm really interested. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if I can see it, what you're doing. Through the reflection of your sweet sunglasses. What am I doing? I don't know. You opened some shit. I can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, 
things maybe aren't going so bad because the, I guess the heist happens and, you know, Jimmy's really happy and all that. But then Tommy pays for what he owed. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's... And then that's when you start to see Henry, like, dwell even, like, further, like, down, like, this hole. He's starting to dig himself. You know, yeah. he's... He's <laughs> he's seeing helicopters. He's got his brother stirring sauce. He's mm-hmm. going to get hats. And then he gets in big trouble. Sure does. Big, big trouble. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, my God. It was like... <laughs> but, you know, that part, um, when, like, he's... He ends up having an altercation with Karen about it afterwards, like about that stash, that last stash that was going to save him. Yeah. You know, and the fact that she got rid of it, um, they absolutely 100% would have found that. I love that scene uh, in the movie. Hmm. They would have fucking found it. No, they wouldn't have fighting over the coach. Yeah, Ray, Ray is like, <laughs> oh, they, I mean, yeah, or Henry, excuse me, she's like, oh, they never would have found it. They absolutely would have found that. Yeah, because they found a lot of other things, too. <laughs> They're trained to find that stuff. And it wasn't, like, just some, like, small baggie. Like, it was, like, a big yeah. thing of cocaine that they had there. And, uh... I, I don't know why that's one of the funnier parts of the movie to me when they're arguing about it. Why did you do that? <laughs> I think it's... I found it sad. You know, it is a little sad. Because, like... He's so in the depths of not only, you know, the, you know, you know, being, you know, essentially in the mafia, but also, you know, and this is really, you know, where the mafia, as we know, it was really unraveling at this point for a while. Um, But, you know, he's still, you know, he's still in this life of crime that he can't get out of it. He he's he's so desperately wants to deep in his heart and he can't do it. He just has sees no way out, so he's helplessly in this, but he's also helplessly addicted to drugs. Yep. And selling drugs. And that the one last bit he had, you know, he blames Karen, his wife, for essentially trying to help him stay out of prison for even longer. Yeah. By flushing it, but that those were that was what he cared more about than anything else, and he couldn't he couldn't even understand in that moment that his wife was really trying to help him, but no, it was her fault for doing a bad thing by doing that. You know it, yeah. And to watch him blame her and freak out on her the way he did and make her feel that again. You know, and she's been living in this hell for so long, and now she is just broken down. She's collapsed. And she's just exhausted and collapsed because she did this wrong, too. Mm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that was like, that That hurt to watch. I, I was hurt to watch that scene. But also at the same time, it's like, yeah, I can see it, why it's comical to be... You I know, think just like, just the yeah. argument, just the argument itself. I th- I thought it was very, I thought the the acting is like stellar. 
Oh my god. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's that's probably movie. why I found an amusement to it because I was like, oh man, this is like feels like so legit. But yeah, the circumstances around the surrounding it are definitely uh definitely sad when you when you break it down like that. Um yeah, but now they're starting to wrap up towards you know, towards the decision that Henry ends up having to make, you know, he knows he's they're screwed hmm. big time. So he's got a decision to make. So he's like, you know, do I um I'm gonna end up being getting killed probably. So I mean I kinda do I break the rule that well, I mean, do I break the rule that, you know, Jimmy told me you know, when I was just a child, right? Do I right. cover? Do I save myself and rat everybody out? Um, and he does. And one interesting part with that scene is like that man that they're talking to, he was legitimate. Yeah. Like he was not an actor. Like yeah. that was a real like U.S. Uh, yeah. attorney. That they were talking to. Yep. Very interesting uh, choice for that. Yep. See, that's why that's why you don't trust those New York mobs. You know, Woody Bulger, he wasn't a rat. He was a lot of things, but Woody Bulger wasn't a rat. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. But. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Henry and Karen end up saving themselves. They go into the witness protection program. Um, Jimmy's arrested. Paulie's arrested. So Henry's pretty much living the rest of his life like a schnook. <laughs> yep. Yep. So the interesting thing about this movie that I think towards the end, and it's also a Scorsese film, but they're both based on true stories that I felt like there were a lot of parallels to this in Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. Interesting. The structure of the, 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 it might go going off the fact that they're both true stories to be, you know, it's, you know, it's not just, Oh, we're going to pretty much copy and paste the same story. It's a, Oh, these are two things that kind of actually happened. And they, you know, they just had similar structures. The main characters seemed very different. The way the movies ended seemed very, uh, very different. There was that one, you know, they have the heist here. They had the big, uh, I think the Steve Madden uh, offer, uh, IPO in The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. Just just a lot of similarities, you know, when I watched it. And I'll have to watch them again. But, you know, I, t- I took away from that. And that's what I was kind of looking at, too. I did not see a Rolling Stones song in that movie. Oof. Oh no! But you know, I don't know. I just I I don't know if either of you have seen that movie yet. But surprisingly, I've never seen The Wolf of Wall Street. Also surprisingly, if you watch it on YouTube now, Sam's expression is like (laughs) (laughs) that should be the cover picture for this entire thing. (laughs) I think we. I own it, so we definitely should watch it sometime. Alright. That's one that's one I have to watch, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean this 
what is going on? I take it back. That's going to be the picture. <laughs> Screenshot it. Screenshot I it. I have to censor this. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Nibble. Oh, my God. That's good, fellas. <laughs> you know, if there's anything we can learn from Goodfellas and from our friend Sam here, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's many things to be taken from from <laughs> listening to this and watching this this classic. <laughs> Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, this is always the Goodfellas is always a movie. I'm glad I, I'm happy to revisit anytime. Um, in fact, I will. I mean, it is streaming on HBO Max right now, but I also revisit it as many times as I want with Gotta the DVD it. right Gotta here. Put it on Betamax. You know what's weird about the yes. DVD is that it's two sides. So, like, one side only plays halfway through the movie, so when you want to watch the other half, you have to flip the DVD over. Wow, like a, like a vinyl. Yeah, it's really weird. I'm like, why is it like this? <laughs> it's not that long a movie. No, it's like, it's two and a half hours. I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, this is a film both that the three of us definitely enjoy. Uh, I've definitely enjoyed diving into it a little bit more maybe uncovering some stuff i didn't know about it throw another mom classic at me i'm in oh yeah we'll definitely be revisiting one at some point yeah there's a list of films that we actually haven't made yet that we're gonna why are you scratching the mirror um <laughs> that's not me this time i promise you if i'm scratching the mirror right now i'd be very concerned but yeah, we have to make a put a list together of other movies we need to watch and talk about. Well, ones we've watched already and we need to talk about. Yeah. There's an endless amount to choose from. Um yeah, I'm cool with that. The fact that this was the the second one that we got to visit. Um Yeah, I mean it's been fun talking about it. I've been talking about it with Sam, been talking about it with Ken. Thanks for joining in on this. Oh uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a good time. Whether you've been watching whether you've been watching us on YouTube, um, we're also streaming, you know, episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, and on Podbean. <laughs> what? I'm gonna have to talk with Sam after this is over. <laughs> but, all right, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you for the next one. Clamming is out.